and welcome to another fabulous episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is day 24 here in the Zen Room, episode 106. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the blasé Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. How are you, Tommy? I'm okay. You seem very blasé today. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's the kind of day. Yeah, I know. It's a crummy day out, wet, cold, rainy. Yeah, yeah, I'm tired. You're tired? What are you so tired from? No reason, just being old. Just being old. No excuse. You're younger than me. Well, that just means you should be dead. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So nothing new, all quiet otherwise? Nothing's new. Nothing's new? Nothing's ever new. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. When something's new, I'll tell you. Oh, Thank you very much. Well, we watched the closing weekend of uh, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike at South Shore Theater Experience. And how'd that go? Very well, actually. They actually, as the show went on, we had bigger and bigger houses each night. By the end, it was basically the last two shows were packed houses. Everybody loved it. Yeah, it was really good. What I liked about it, because I said I got to watch it from the beginning to the end and to watch the actors develop in the show more. It was it was it was great to watch that. It really yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, did you do that when you're directing? Yeah, too. It was different as just being an audience member this time. It's different from being a director. Okay. So I enjoyed it though. I really did. Good. Yeah, everybody loved it. Yeah, definitely. It had a hell of a cast. Yes, it did. It had an excellent cast. It really did. Well, I guess without further ado, then we'll move on to our first segment of the evening. <laughs> Oh, yes, she is. It's yes. time for some heavy petting. Oh, you don't come on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and in dog news today, we just found out what are the top ten dog breeds in the United States. Oh, it's a golden. Oh, well, Lab. number 10 is the Black Labrador Retriever. Okay. okay. Number 9 is the Pitbull. Okay. For all the bad publicity it always gets, it's in the top 10. It's a sweet dog. Right? Yeah, they are. They are good dogs. A sweet dog. Right? Number 8 is the American Pitbull Terrier. Well, a relative. Can tell the, tell the <laughs> I think the Terrier is probably smaller than the regular Pitbull. They all got 8-pound square heads. <laughs> Number seven is the Yorkshire Terrier. No surprise there. That's in the top ten. Number six is the Golden Doodle. Okay. I guess which is a cross between a Labrador Retriever or a Golden Retriever and a Poodle. And a Poodle. Number five is the Shih Tzu. The Shih Tzu. Love saying that name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cheetah was a Shih Tzu. Number four was the German Shepherd. Okay. Very popular dog. Yes, nice they dog. are. Sweet, cool kids. Number three was the Golden Retriever. The Golden Retriever, as opposed to the Golden Doodle. Yes. Yes. Number two is the French Bulldog. Oh, God. I Well, please, so many gay men own French Bulldogs that I know. It's unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> they may account for that. Okay. And can you guess what is the number one most popular dog breed in the United States? 
Golden Retriever. No, you Yellow already said lab. that. That's number three. Yellow Lab. Nope. Lab, Golden Lab, Golden Retriever no, Lab. No, that's number three. Okay. Uh, the most popular dog. It's, it's Labrador. I'm sticking. I don't care if I'm wrong. Even though I said Golden Labrador Retriever, it was, it was number, number three. three. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I disagree with the, the results. My, uh, what do I want to say? Investigation came up with different results. Oh, did it now? Yes, it did. So my... Well, this is from the U.S. Census Bureau. Oh, yeah, those guys. So I think they have a bit more expertise in this area than you, Mike. Yeah, they can count better than me. <laughs> How many does the census say we have? Come on, who's, who is it? Who is Number it? Number one is the Chihuahua. Ew. You, mean, don't, you uh, don't like Chihuahuas? No, no. I, I No. No? I, I, no. <laughs> no. Any particular reason why? No. You just don't like I, they're, them. They're, they're too small. They're too much. No. They're too much. They're just, they're too, they're, I don't like the shaking. I don't like the constant barking. I don't like the bulging eyes. Oh, no. When I lived in Levittown, actually when Stephen and I lived in Levittown, our landlords had a uh, chihuahua named Pino. Most adorable, sweet dog ever. Ever. Wasn't a yappy, barky thing either. You know, it barked when it saw people and happy and everything. You're but... lying. No, I'm not. You ever see that thing where it's like, how do you, um, is it the top 10 killer dogs? And it's like 10. Dogs, 9. Don't become 6. And then number 1 is a chihuahua. It's just like, <laughs> dogs don't, dogs are naturally aggressive. They don't want to hurt you. They And then the chihuahua. Chihuahuas are sweet. They're not. Oh, you just want the wrong chihuahuas, obviously. Okay, well, maybe I need a a more Mexican crowd. Well, funny you should mention that, because that leads us now into the next part of our segment, our Dictionary of Dogs, our canine compendium, and this dog is from Mexico. Starts with the letter X. 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 (laughs) Zoltag. X. I don't know. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Not Hebrew, Mexican. Right. <laughs> what is it? It is the Cholo Itzquintle, or better known as the Cholo, spelled X-O-L-O. Okay, Cholo. The X is pronounced as C-H. Okay, Cholo. Does yes. Cholo have another meaning in, in Spanish? I don't know. You go ahead, I'm going to look. Okay, there is another word, C-H-O-L-O, which might be... You're confusing it, I think. I may, be, I may be thinking Kulo. But you look that up. But this is a breed of dog, of a, a, a hairless dog, although there are dogs of this breed that are born with full fur. That's considered a recessive trait when they're born with full fur. I think that, that hairless dogs is weird. You think hairless, they're weird? Hairless dogs and cats, I think, are weird. Hairless animals <laughs> are weird. The dog is also known as the Perro... Pelon Mexicano or Mexican hairless dog. You are like a, every Spanish person's comic routine. <laughs> Pero. Pero. Pelon Mexi, Mexicano or Mexicano, I should say. You should not say. <laughs> but the dog originated in ancient Mexico. In how fact, big is it? How big is it? It is can range from 9 inches to 26 inches tall and weigh in range from 10 to 55 pounds. Where's the picture? I'll show you a picture, my God. You're actually asking me for one. It's because you're not showing it. That's the dog. That's the cholo. Okay, that that looks like a chihuahua on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way you can look at it. 
But uh, the most common colors of it are various shades of black, gray, bronze, yellow, yellowish blonde, blue, and red. It has a calm and attentive temperament, and has been developed by natural selection for thousands of years, and is generally uh, not prone to health and, and physical problems that other dog breeds may have. The thing is, they come from a tropical climate and are not really suited for outdoor life in colder areas. So it's really a tropical type of dog. Okay. But yeah. Boiled brat. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this dog last night. It's a Bernese Mountain Dog. Okay. And it's trying to get the dog inside. It, from the, the, It's snowing outside and it has snowed. The dog has been outside for seven hours, had two meals outside. It's midnight. The guy wants to go to bed, but first he's got to chase the dog around the yard. He's got to play with the dog around the yard in the snow. And then the dog will run into the house. What did you watch this on? TikTok. Oh, of course. It was about long wheels or something. You know, it was just this, but how much they love that snow. Huskies, the same way. You can't get them in the house. Seven hours he spent out there in the snow. So, yeah, he's sensitive. He's, he can't be in the yeah, it's an ind- it would be if you had like an hour climate, it would be an indoor dog. You wouldn't have it outside during this time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the story of the Cholo dog. The Cholo. So I guess now we'll move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's birthdays. Yesterday was Cheetah Rivera. Yesterday was Cheetah Rivera. Yes, it was. But today is not Cheetah Rivera's birthday. We have one birthday today. Unfortunately, she has died, but I thought this might be of interest to you. Okay. She was born January 24th, 1943 in Dallas. She made her film debut in 1961 as an extra in the film Barabbas with Anthony Quinn. She next appeared in a film called Eye of the Devil in 1966, but her first major role was as Jennifer North in the 1967 film Valley of the Dolls, for which she earned a Golden Globe Award nomination. Oh, dear. She also uh, performed in the comedic horror film The Fearless Vampire Killers, which was directed by Roman Polanski, whom she married the following year. But then, on August 9th, 1969, something happened to her. Yeah, something bad. Do you know what happened to her? Yeah, the Charles Manson family killed her. Uh, so then you know who this is. This then. is, yeah, this is uh, uh, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate is correct. Yeah, 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 Sharon Tate, they killed her. Yes, they did. Her and four other people that night. And two yeah, other and people. Two other people later on that week. Yes, the Tate LaBianca murders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but a, a promising career cut short. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> literally. But people thought that she had a good comedic uh, acting ability. Okay. And that she would you know. Actually, her last film was one that she made before she died. She was pregnant at the time. They hid in the pregnancy. Okay. It was called Twelve Plus One, or it was a variation on the. Story of the Twelve Chairs. Okay. You know, which was also a Mel Brooks film. Okay. And they they made another film based on the same story. That was her last movie. Twelve Chairs? This one's called Twelve Plus One. I don't know the story. You don't know the story of the Twelve Chairs? No. The Mel Brooks movie? No. Just first movie. Oh, in that case, yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> Throw more facts at me. Okay. Twelve Chairs. Yes. Okay. So that's that story. Okay, that's that story. Yes. So I thought you might have found that of interest, being that it was Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. To wish, to whom we wish. Happy birthday! 
dead woman, sorry about the horrific circumstances under which you died. <laughs> Pregnant and all. We can still celebrate her life and her brief career. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino did. Yeah, he did. Did you see that movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. Oh, it's a good movie. And I think he does a nice, really, a, tri- a tribute in a, in a fashion in his portrayal by Margot Robbie of uh, Sharon Tate in the film. Okay, good for Sharon. Yeah. Moving on to our next segment. <laughs> Yeah, it's time for Bring Out Your Dead. And we got three this week. Oh, dear. And uh, I'll start with the one who died first. Actually, two of them died on the same day. Oh, man. I love when they do that because you get it all over with all at once. Yes, exactly. The first one who died was born December 28th, 1948, and died at the age of 75. Her name was Mary Louise Weiss. She was the lead singer of a group called the Shangri-Las in the 1960s. You might recognize this song by them. Is she really going out with him? Okay, she is. Is she really going out with him? Is that Jimmy's video you're wearing? Gee, it must be great riding with him. Yes, Leader of the Pack was a number one hit. But they had another hit song earlier than that. It didn't go to number one. When I heard the song, I, I was not familiar with it, and I started laughing because part of the song you hear in a different version on various memes and videos. I'm going to play that for you right now. I've heard that on so many videos, but they speed it up. It's like a squeaky voice. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's so fucking annoying. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. What's that? That. The oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah. Hundreds of times. I know. And I, oh, my God, I wanted to strangle whoever, like, was doing it. But that version I like. This by the Shangri-Las, I... Okay, that's the way it should sound. I, I hear it like that. I don't always hear it sped up. Oh, I do. I hear yeah, the voice is like all like sped up, whatever. Right. It's so annoying. I really hated it. The Shangri-Las. The Shangri-Las, yes. Is one of them a fella? No, no, they're all girls. All right. These two were twin, the other two were twin sisters, actually. After the Shangri-Las, Weiss took a job as a purchasing agent in New York City. She later managed a furniture store and was an interior designer. 
and a furniture consultant to various New York businesses. And, and now she's dead. And well, before she died in 2007, she recorded her first and only solo album. I happened to hear a video of her singing live after she recorded that album. She should have stayed retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Exactly. But also on January 19th, this singer died. She was born September 22nd, 1942. Her name was Marlena Shaw. She began her career in the 1960s and was performing up until her death. She was born in New Rochelle, New York. She began singing in jazz clubs. Her career took off when she landed a gig with the Playboy Club in Chicago. Through that, she met record executives from Chess Records, and then she recorded her first two albums with them. And you might know this song by her. Nope. Don't know it. Don't know, don't know this song? Oh, I don't know this song. Oh, my. This song has been, like, sampled by so many different artists. I'm really? surprised you, you you don't know it at I all. I don't know it. Oh, what a shame. What's it called? California Soul. California Soul. <laughs> yep. But she released 17 albums between 1967 and 2004. How'd they do? I, she was on, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Huh? But she died January 19th at the age of 81. Wow. Yeah. But then we have one more death occurred on January 20th, which I'm surprised this did not make bigger news. He was a television and fr- film director and producer named Norman Jewison. Norman Jewison. Yeah. 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 He made fucking Moonstruck. For some, yeah. I, I'm surprised this did not make bigger news because he made so many movies. He was nominated three times for the Best Director Oscar for 1967's In the Heat of the Night, 1971's Fiddler on the Roof. And 1987's Moonstruck. He also received Best Picture Oscar nominations for his films The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, Fiddler on the Roof, Moonstruck, and A Soldier's Story. That was a really good film, too. Mm. Among other movies he made were The Cincinnati Kid with Steve McQueen, Jesus Christ Superstar, the original Rollerball, which I love with James Caan, and Justice for All with Al Pacino, Mm -hmm. Agnes of God, which is a Really good film adaptation I'm, I'm, of that play. I'm familiar, I'm familiar. And uh, Other People's Money. Yeah. With Danny DeVito and uh, Bette Midler. His films have received a total of 41 Oscar na- nominations with 12 wins. Ain't that some shit. And he received the Irving Thalberg Memorial Award in 1999. That's he is, He is survived by his second wife and his... Three children and five grandchildren. Okay. Impressive career, yeah, right? Yeah, it was a great career. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Like I said, I was just surprised there wasn't more news made about it. Well, what does he care? He's dead. Well, to Mary Louise Weiss and Marlena Shaw and Norman Jewison, rest in peace. Thank you for your entertainment. We now move on to our next segment. In history! What happened? Today in history, not a whole lot happened. I have this one thing listed. This 
Norman Lear TV show premiered today back in 1975. It was an adaptation of a Lanford Wilson play called The Hot L Baltimore. And the show was controversial at the time because two of the characters were prostitutes, one of whom was an undocumented immigrant. And the show also was one of the first to portray a gay couple. Uh-oh. Among the cast in the show was James Cromwell, Conchetta Farrell, Richard Major, Lee Berger, and Charlotte Ray. Okay. Unfortunately, it only lasted like five months. Nobody liked it, huh? I get you. It wasn't a hit. What was it called? Here's a promo for you. I remember that show, too. It was a funny show, but unfortunately did not last. Nobody liked it. Guess not. Anyway, we move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you please tell me? What day is it? I've got two Tuesdays. Yes, it's time for What Day Is It? Ziploc Day. No. Velcro Day. No. Laces Day. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked my wine on that one. Uh, I was ready. Today is National Peanut Butter Day. Oh. Do you know who the, who the earliest peanut butter makers were? They were the uh, Southerners. No. Were the first ones were the Aztecs and the Incas around 1000 B.C. Oh. Although their peanut butter was more of a paste back then. Yeah, I was thinking consistency-wise, it's not really a butter, what the Incas were doing, you know? Well, see, when uh, it originally was first introduced, because peanuts were considered more of an animal food than something for human consumption. But in 1884, Marcus Edson developed the process to make peanut paste from milling roasted peanuts between two heated plates. Then, Dr. John Kellogg patented a process with raw peanuts in 1895. And then in 1903, Dr. Ambrose Straub patented a peanut butter making machine. But in 1922, chemist Joseph Rosefield, through homogenization, was able to keep peanut oil from separating from the peanut solids. And he sold the patent to a company that then began making a Peter Pan peanut butter. He then went into business for himself, and he started selling Skippy peanut butter. He supplied peanut butter for the military rations during World War II. And in fact, there was a slang term for peanut butter back then. Monkey butter. Okay. Do we know why? Probably because, I guess, they would feed peanuts to monkeys. Okay. But under the Skippy brand, Rosefield developed a whole new method of churning creamy peanut butter, giving it a smoother consistency. Then in 1955, Procter & Gamble launched Jif which was sweeter than the other brands due to its use of sugar and molasses in its recipe. Oh. Do you know that the United States is a leaning, leading exporter of peanut butter and one of the largest consumers of peanut butter? I did not know that. Yes. In fact, in March, 19, in March 2020, during the pandemic, retail sales of peanut butter increased by 75% over the levels in 2019. Well, yeah, you can keep it in your house. Exactly. Peanut butter supplies 597 calories, 
and is composed of 51% fat, 22% protein, 22% carbohydrates, including 5% dietary fiber, and 1% water. It's a rich source of dietary fiber, vitamin E, vitamin B6, and niacin. It is also high in content for manganese, magnesium, phosphorus, zinc, copper, and sodium. Sodium. All good stuff. Good for you. <clears throat> Do you consume peanut butter, Thomas? No. No? Why not? I don't like it. How could you not like peanut butter? I don't like it. What is it about peanut butter that you do not like? Sometimes it's the smell. Sometimes it's the consistency. Sometimes there's nothing better than a piece of uh, really hot toast and you put the peanut butter on it and it melts all nice. You know, I don't I don't like I, uh, I, I'll eat a Reese's peanut butter cup. Okay, but you won't have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I will not ever in my life. Really? Ever, ever. Have a peanut butter and jelly. Did sandwich. you ever have a traumatic experience with one as a child? Yes. Would you care to no. tell us? No, they were it was they were always gross. It was always peanut butter and purple jelly on soft white bread with a gag. I'm actually gonna gag. <laughs> <laughs> and the jelly would like seep through and That's like a staple it. of American homes. I'm, gonna, I'm actually gonna gag. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't like peanut butter and jelly. Sorry to hear that. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so happy National Peanut Butter Day. Yeah, good for you, John Jonathan Washington Carver. <laughs> we now turn to our next segment. Wasn't he the guy? George Washington Carver. Yeah. What about him? Didn't he? Didn't he have something to do with peanuts? He developed other peanut products and stuff. Okay. He didn't. He did not invent peanut butter. Okay. That's a misnomer or whatever. Or it's just fucking wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. I, I, we now move on to our next segment, wherein we turn our heading cough. <coughs> Ooh, that was a nice one. It was good, right? It wasn't too long. Nope, that was very good. And tonight we go to Cameroon. Cameroon. Where the world's first malaria vaccine program has started. Okay, how's it going? Well, they have found it that's to be effective in at least 36% of the cases. Okay, yes. That's okay. Which they are saying this is not a silver bullet, you no, know? Well, clearly. But it's a start, which kind of helped because every year 600,000 people die of malaria in Africa. Wow. And 80% of them are children under five. Well, you know, if anybody's going to catch it, <coughs> it'd be the kids. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the insect born huh? malaria? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, they love to chomp on the infants. That's one way of putting it. Their reflexes aren't as strong. They have the, the mosquitoes know that they have a better shot on surviving if they go after the infants because the infants aren't going to be as ready to swat them away. Okay. Just saying. Thank you for your insight on that. I'm, I'm saying, uh, okay. <laughs> you don't have to be sarcastic. I wasn't being sarcastic. What's this new story? What are we talking about? What's going on? Well, we're now going to move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into Um. my briefs. And tonight, we go to Texas. Texas? Yes. They have laws in Texas? They believe it or not. Okay. But 
Let me tell you what's been going on there. Um, the governor there, Greg Abbott, has been molting this. Hey, Abbott! Yes. Yeah. He's been mounting this whole campaign of stringent measures to deter immigration into his state. Yeah. Uh, and it seems there's this one town or area called Eagle Pass, specifically, mm-hmm. where a lot of the uh, migrants are coming through. Mm-hmm. So, he basically ordered, I guess, law enforcement there to put up razor wire mm-hmm. near the border area in Eagle Pass. Not only that, they also barred federal agents not only from going to that border area, they also prevented them from accessing their boats to go to the river to go check on the area in the Rio Grande. So they confiscated all their shit, made them walk through razor wire. Yeah. So, of course, U.S. government brought a suit against Texas for this. During this time, on January 12th, three migrants drowned in the Rio Grande in that area. And, of course, federal agents couldn't get anywhere to even try to rescue them. No, because you got to get through razor wire to get them. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't even get to their boats to go out and rescue them. them. So, Supreme Court eventually went to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. They upheld uh, the governor's order. Really? It then went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court issued a decision without... A written opinion, five to four, reversing Texas. Okay, that's pretty good. Well, you would think so. But on Tuesday, the day after this ruling, Mm -hmm. they were putting up more razor wire in Mm -hmm. the area. Then today, Governor Abbott released this statement. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill their duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4, has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the Constitution which reserves to this state the right of self-defense. For these reasons, I have declared an invasion under this article to invoke Texas constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas Guard, the Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority to secure the Texas border. Now, this is what the constitutional provision says. No state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops, or ships of war in time of peace, enter into any agreement or compact with another state, or with a foreign power, or engage in war, unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as well would not admit of delay. But they're going to say that they're in danger. Well, he's characterizing this whole immigration crisis as an invasion. invasion. But I'm sure if you go back to the original meaning of the Founding Fathers when they wrote the Constitution, they were not referring to that kind of invasion. They were referring to an invasion by another nation. Like France, or Illinois. Or Mexico, whatever. This is not... And that's, that would be the plain and originalist meaning of an invasion. Okay. Abbott's twisting that. Yes, because that doesn't work for him. So, and now he's saying basically that he's going to ignore the Biden administration and federal border patrol officers. All right, so he's going to tough man it out. Well, he's setting up a, he's setting up a crisis now. Yeah. He's setting up a constitutional crisis where are we going to allow a state to not allow federal government to do its job under the law? Right, just to unilaterally decide, I don't want to follow this constitutional provision. Yeah. All right, good luck with you, Texas. Well, this Texas always has a bit of an attitude anyway. It's like, 
that 15 minutes they spent as their own country, and now they think that, like, uh, everybody has to, like, they get to choose. We're going to get to more of Texas later on in the Ugh. podcast. Ugh, I say. But that's it for, that's, got, that's what's going on in A Look Into world. My Breeze, yes. So we will now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for the Week in Fascism. This must be where we're going back to Texas. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. Anyway, this week in fascism, we start in Florida. Good. Thank God. A nice home base. Anyway, there's a bill going through the state senate there that would protect historical memorials, including Confederate monuments, from being removed. Under this bill, it would impose penalties on local officials who remove those and other historical monuments. There's also a companion bill in the Florida State House, which would allow the governor to remove any officials who remove these monuments. And it would also allow civil penalties and require restitution for monument restoration. What? The, the, The measure is intended, according to the sponsor, to protect Floridian and American history. Okay, so, what, like, is this all of Florida? or just Yes, this would be for all of Florida. It's a proposed bill. All right, so you're not allowed to touch the monuments. Yeah. Any of them. Any monuments. No monuments are allowed to be touched. Yep. Okay, so go ahead. Oh, that's it? That's it. No? All right, I don't care. I can tell. That's not a good one. I'll move on to the next subject then. Okay. In Kentucky, there's a new bill there that would authorize the use of force and potentially deadly force against homeless people oh, who are found camping on private property. Yes, you know, this is this is wrong. This is bad. There's this crime bill called the Safer Kentucky Act, and it would authorize violence by property owners on people camping on their property. The bill says the use of reasonable force is justifiable if a person believes a criminal trespass, robbery, or unlawful camping is occurring on their property. It also says that deadly physical force is justifiable if a defendant believes that someone is trying to dispossess them of their property or is attempting a robbery or committing arson. So not only does it affect homeless people, shoplifters could be shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who overstay their lease uh, could be shot. Yeah, well, they do like their shooting down there in Alabama. But this is Kentucky. Kentucky. Well, well here's my question. You're talking about people camping on your property. Yes. Now, we're not talking about people who are living on 40 by 100 acre lots. Okay, we're talking about somebody sitting on 10, 15, 20,000 acres. Okay. Right? Like, this is what we're talking We're not talking about people going through a suburban neighborhood and finding a nice, clean front lawn and pitching up a tent. Well, but maybe if they're finding an empty lot that's privately owned and they're camping out on there. I'm sure, I'm sure that most of the... Like, but what I'm, I'm seeing it in my head as these people with these ranches and farm country who often that third lot all the way down there in the prairie, down by the house over there, uh, there's three people camping. Okay. I, I get it. But, but does that justify the use of violence? Uh, not at all. Them? Not at all. I, hey, bitch, get off my lawn. You know, and, uh, if they don't leave, then you turn the water on them. <laughs> That's all. But you got to shoot them? Now you can shoot shoplifters if this bill passes. I mean, why does it have to always get resorted down to violence? 
as a legal measure. Why does it has always have to come down to that? You know? Yeah. We're well, degenerating. Yeah. We really are. But, uh, yeah. You know what? Vengeance is satisfying. And that's what shooting somebody helps you do. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Doesn't yeah. solve anything. No, no, no. Well, no. Well, you, may, you may get a momentary feeling of pleasure from it, but the ramifications can be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just like people are so ready to just destroy whatever inconveniences them. I'm Maybe I've been watching too much Karen content that I'm becoming <laughs> sort of dead to it. No, but it's part of this whole atmosphere we're in where everyone wants to tear down everything. They want to tear down the government. They want to tear down this. They want to tear down that. Yeah, well, and you know what? It's called you know, nihilism, you know? Well, yeah, they want to tear down statues, and that's why, you know, we should have a law about tearing down statues. <laughs> Somebody should get on that. Yeah. But now we, we turn back to Texas. It seems that human rights groups, including the ACLU of Texas, Equality Texas, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, and the Human Rights Campaign have submitted a comprehensive report to the United Nations uh, calling attention to the deteriorating human rights situation for queer people in Texas. It notes that a record-breaking legislative session in the state had more than 140 anti libidinqua bills filed. Unbelievable. With more than 20%, which was more than 20% of all libidinqua bills in the country. In the country? It says Texas are now struggling with a collection of laws that eliminate medical freedom for trans youth, censor school libraries, ban trans athletes from collegiate sports, end DEI practices at public universities, threaten drag performances, and undermine local government's limited power. It says these laws are a systemic attack on the fundamental rights, dignities, and identities of libidiqua persons that opens this, uh, the gates for discrimination. Now, all of these people are together suing the state? All these groups are. No, they went to the United Nations oh. and filed a report with what they call these special rapporteurs. That's their title. Oh, the people who got the report? Yes, and now... If they act on the report, they will actually go to Texas and spend time there for a couple of weeks and survey the area and evaluate the report then in the light of that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Man, it's pretty sad. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It's like it's a fucking third world African country. Uganda. Is it Uganda? It's Uganda. Whatever. That, that, that place. And then lastly, we go to Wyoming. Oh. At the Wheatland Middle School, students were putting on a play there called The Bullying Collection. Okay. Which consisted of vignettes dealing with various reasons that bullying arises. Yes. It was supposed to go up in December. But the principal, Robert Daniel, canceled it after seeing a preview performance one day before it was scheduled to open. When asked why, he said it was promoting libidiqua. That's the actual, he was actually said that. That's what it was promoting. Because in one of the scenes, a girl memorializes a schoolmate who died by suicide. At one point, a boy walks up to the stage to, stage to chastise the girl for not mentioning the boy was gay and how she had participated in bullying him. Oh. Yeah. Now, the teacher, the drama teacher said, we gave the script to the principal beforehand of this. Goes, 
none of the, the parents or the students had a problem with the script. So what's the issue here? So the principal then sent a letter of apology to all the students in a play. Oh, God. And a $5 gift card to a local convenience store, which they just treated as an insult. What? Yeah, an apology letter and a $5 gift card for a convenience store in the area. For what purpose? To make up for canceling their play. So he's going to buy them off. Yeah. Is that legal? I don't know. This is Wyoming. But there's some good news that came out of all of this. Oh, well, first I got to tell you, because they went to the school superintendent about this, this guy named John Weagle, and he said that, goes, I hadn't seen the play, but in my view, a play is supposed to be entertaining. That's why I go. It seems to me this is more of a kind of stir up some social issues, maybe, instead of kind of like being more entertaining. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he wants to see Austin and Ole. Yeah. He don't want to see the bully play. No. No. Asshole. Anyway, there was an area theater group called the Platte County Players, and they obtained the rights to the play and used space at the high school, which they used for their own shows already, and put the show up with those students. Okay, good for them. Yep. All right. So they, put, they performed it anyway. Yeah, because fuck you, fucking... Wyoming middle school. I mean, school you're so you're so why how can you be so afraid? It's like all these it's just you everyone's just acting out of fear. What are you so afraid of? They're, what they're afraid of is that they're gonna take something from them. It's just ah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It yeah. really it's just so frustrating. But that's it for the week in fascism. That was a lot. That was exhausting. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. And what did you watch this week, Tommy? I watched that thing. What thing? The Netflix thing. It was like the most popular thing. Are you referring to American Nightmare? Yes. I watched that also. Yes. Yeah, it's a three-part series. I watched that. That was very, very uh, annoying. That was was amazing. That was amazing. It was amazing. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it's a three-part limited series about this couple... And the woman was kidnapped, the boyfriend was drugged, tied up. He didn't notify the police until the next day when he regained consciousness and his girlfriend was kidnapped. They thought that he had something to do with her disappearing. Then she appears sometime like like about five days later, and then the police are saying, oh, she did a hoax. Yeah. And they treated these two like shit, these cops. They treated them awfully. And then they find out, oh, there was a similar crime committed somewhere else in the state. And they investigated and they found out it was the same guy. Yeah. There was from some some uh some cop in another part of the state. Yeah. Unfucking believable. Yeah, because well you know what And you- then they wonder why people don't always go to the cops to report crimes. Yeah, well because once it, if it's it seems Especially women. It seems like Especially, especially women. Especially women. But it seems like once a cop got a hair up his ass and some power over you, yeah, he doesn't have to change his mind if he no, you did this, and he doesn't have to change his mind. He doesn't have to look. At I evidence. mean, when they lied to the boyfriend about his uh, polygraph test, saying that it, he failed it. Well, they're allowed to do that. Cops are allowed to lie to you. I guess so. Yeah, and I think that because they had already predetermined in their head he no, was the one responsible. Yeah. They're trying. They, they're not trying to get a confession instead of. Uh, a solution. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was a... Uh, that was an amazing series. Yeah, that, that was really pretty, was. Pretty eye-opening. Right? Anything else you watched? Um, no. No? There, I'm up, you know, RuPaul. Of course. Um, no. Nothing else. No? Oh, I watched a lot this week. Good. 
Well, on top of American Nightmare, we watched this uh, limited series called The Bequeathed. Because I'm tired. <laughs> it was a South Korean series, all about this woman who finds out that she had an uncle who died, and she has now inherited the family burial grounds, which is this vast area of land. And nice for her. And she has to go into this area, this town, wherever the land is, and before you know it, she's getting offers from people to buy the land... And then people are starting to die in connection with it. So it becomes a whole murder mystery then. Wow. Really, really well done. Except for they had one crazy character in the show. And this is what I hate when they have crazy, annoying characters who just spit out nonsense or cryptic shit. And so it's like, shut up. You're just annoying the shit out of us. Okay. <laughs> okay. So no more crazy characters. I'm sick of them. Bequeathed. Bequeath. That was a good series. Then we started watching, we just started watching last night, we're about three or four episodes in, another series on Netflix, because the other one was on Netflix too. It's called The Brother's Son. Michelle Yeoh is in it, who is in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm -hmm. And it's all about this crime family in Taiwan. The head of it, the father, is assassinate or attempted assassination he ends up in the hospital but he sends his son his number one son to go protect the rest of his family which lives in california it's his his mother and his younger brother who has no connection no idea of what the family business has been and it's all about everything that happens once he gets to california okay it's actually a it's a it's a it's a comedy series about this crime family it's, it's very very good really really well done all right so yeah big thumbs up on that Big thumbs. Yeah. That was all we watched this week, but there were two things I wanted to bring up that came up in the news. One was how disappointed I was to hear how the show How to Dance in Ohio was closing on Broadway. Yeah, it's closing. On yeah. February 11th. That was, kind of, with that was disappointing. 20 other shows. Yeah. That was kind of disappointing. It was, you know, it was something novel, a bunch of autistic actors performing the show. Yeah. And it's closing already. I, I, I just thought that was kind of sad. And then, of course, the Oscar nominations came out this week. Oh, please. Please. Well, I must admit, I have not seen any of the Best Picture nominated films. None of them. I didn't even see the nominations come out. I saw them. I came out and stuff. I have not seen any of them. I did see some of the other films that were nominated for other categories, but none of the Best Picture films. Well, what what was nominated? I don't know off the top. My Oppenheimer was nominated. Okay. Barbie was nominated. Bunch, like, ten films were nominated. Okay. Killers of the Flower Moon, the Martin Scorsese film. Three and a half hours long. Sorry, Martin. Yeah, I, I, yeah John Steele saw it. He said it was a little too long. <laughs> but there's been such a brouhaha over Barbie because it got nominated for Best Picture. Ryan Gosling got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. America Ferrara got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. But there was no nomination for the director, Greta Gerwig, or the star, Margot Robbie. So what? That's my attitude, too. I know, and I know. But if the... you read everything on the internet, oh my God, how could they do this? This is a crime. It's, it's exactly what the movie's about. The, the, them being passed over is exactly what the movie is about. Right. All right. So How ironic. Uh, yeah. So you were right. But you know what? Do you know how many movies there are in the past that were nominated or won Best Picture and didn't receive any acting and, nominations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are plenty. Plenty of them. Best Picture goes to one film and the, the director, Best Director, goes to another movie. Yeah. How, how we've seen best, that happen before. How could we saw that happen with the, uh, the Godfather. Yes. It won Best Picture, but Bob Fosse won Best Director. Yeah, well. For Cabaret. 
Cabaret was genius. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's um, people getting crazy about shit that's, uh, you know, good for them. Maybe there's nothing more important in their life except for who got nominated or not nominated in some... Oh, I hope that's not true. ...industry <laughs> award that fucking... Why? I hope they have more important things to worry about in their well, that's lives. That's what I'm saying. I mean, who's going to get all upset because, oh, it's just like the, the real world... Uh, you know, ah, stop it. Stop it. It's a movie. Nobody cares. I know. The Academy can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and they have. And they're gonna. They have. And then they're gonna, you know what? They're gonna laugh at you because you're gonna watch anyway. Exactly. So shut up. <laughs> you tell them. I told them already. Okay. I don't want to tell them again. <laughs> anyway, we now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for stupid people. Okay, who do we got? Well, I have no one specific this week. Okay, there was no one particularly outstandingly stupid this week. Okay, but there's a whole group of people that I found incredibly stupid. Okay, and these are the people that they had polled after the Iowa caucuses, saying that they would still vote for Trump if he was convicted of a crime. Yeah, yeah. That they don't believe he was he committed any crime. They don't believe that this was an insurrection. Right, 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 right. And it's like, how can you believe this? How? How can you blot out reality that easily? You gotta watch Jordan Klepper. Oh, I love Jordan Klepper. Yeah, I mean... I watch him on YouTube all the time, his yeah. clips. They're great. I know. And I'm, I'm amazed. I'm just amazed when I... But when I see it's like mass numbers, like, oh my God. People, there's a, a couple of people who do man in the street interviews. Yes. What two countries border Canada? I uh, know what two countries border America. They don't know that. Uh, who, who, can you name two states in America? Uh, and people can't, they, they can't do it. No, but you know what they do know? That Trump's going to take care of those immigrants. He's going to take care of those Muslims. He's going to take care of those trans people. Yeah, yes. We're going to put them back in their place. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so, yeah, they're just you're willfully ignorant. Yeah. So, let them be that way. Uh, I, I love the uneducated. Uh, I, I, the uneducated scare me. So, to those Republicans who feel this way... Stupid! <laughs> really stupid. Yeah, without a doubt. Julie Andrews, save us! Raindrops on roses... Whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Yes, it's time for five faves. Five. And tonight's category is name our five favorite film heroines. Oh, really? Yes. Five favorite film Heroines. Yes. Um, those are the heroes, right? Yes. Okay. Five of them. Five of them. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I'm going to go with Wonder Woman. Any particular Wonder Woman? Yeah, the, the only one that matters is Linda, what's her name? Oh, Linda Carter? Linda Carter. Even yeah. though she's not technically a film Wonder Woman. Yeah, 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 but it's... it's I'll allow it. Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman. He's in trouble. <laughs> All right, so what's yours? My first choice, the obvious choice, Ripley in Aliens. Okay. Sigourney Weaver kicks ass in that movie like nobody else does. She's she's a great heroine in that movie, without a doubt. Get away from her, you bitch! (laughs) 
Okay. Who's number two on your list? Uh, I'm going to go with Dorothy Gale. Dorothy Gale? Why is she a hero? Because she gets the three guys what they want. She gets herself back home. Okay. The fact that she got hit in the head at the beginning of the movie and we didn't know about it doesn't matter. But what's heroic about that? What's heroic about that? Well, she killed... I mean, she accidentally killed the Wicked Witch of the East. Yes. She unintentionally killed the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. It's two wicked witches. But she didn't do them intentionally in an act of justice. It was all unintentional and accidental. The Munchkins sang a song to her because she was a hero. Okay. Well, they viewed her from their perspective. She was a hero. What's your number two? My number two, Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. Oh, I wasn't sure who you were talking about. Linda Hamilton. Oh, my God. She was great. Okay. It's great when you see her character in the first Terminator movie and then what she turns into in Terminator 2. Okay, I didn't see either one. Oh, you didn't see either one? Oh, my God, they're great movies. Definitely check them out. But, yeah, Sarah Connor. Who's number three for you? Does this have to be movies? Oh, I said film heroines, yes. Film heroines. Okay, film heroines. Seeley. That is so funny. I have her on my list, too. Seeley from The Color Purple. Seeley. She is a true heroine. Yes, she is. She really is, without a doubt. She's probably the only non-like action hero that I have on this list. You have lots of action heroes? Most of them are, I would say, are action-oriented heroines. But yeah, yeah, definitely Seely. Okay, so what's yours? So that was number three for both of us. So who's your number four? Oh, Jesus. Um, Number four, uh, movie, woman, hero, person, movie, hero, Batwoman. Who? Batgirl. There is no Batgirl movie. Spider-Woman? There is no Spider-Woman movie. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, is, could Belle be a hero? Belle from what? Belle from Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Um, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could consider her heroic. She yeah. saves the beast. She saves her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll accept that. Oh, That's I a good one. I just, I, it's, I'm tired. I want to go home. Oh, shush. <laughs> <laughs> Number four for me is from the movie The Quick and the Dead. Okay. With Sharon Stone. Portraying Was she quick or dead? Well, she was quick, and she made a lot of dead. (laughs) It's a Western made by Sam Raimi, the guy who made uh, a lot of cheesy horror movies. I like Westerns. I never did. This is a good Western. It's about this contest in this town. This town's overrun by Gene Hackman. He rules the town. Okay. And he holds this contest, a shooting contest. Yeah, which, you know, it's a draw contest, and all these gunslingers come, and eventually he changes the rules where they have to fight to the death. Oh. So Sharon Stone rides into town, no one knows who she is. Years earlier, her father was the sheriff or marshal in this town, and Gene Hackman killed him. Oh. So she's come back to exact some revenge. Okay. Good movie. Fun movie. Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. Gene, like I said, Gene Hackman and fucking Sharon Stone, man. Fucking Sharon Stone, man. Yeah. All right. Who's number five? Who was the 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 the, the Catwoman? The Catwoman. Catwoman. Never mind. I don't need to. I don't need the actress's name. Catwoman. I don't even know. Yeah, what Catwoman it was who? Movie. Was it Michelle Pfeiffer in the catsuit, or was it? Well, Holly, she was a she was a villain. Holly Berry. Yeah, but she was a villain. I mean, she was an anti-hero in Holly Berry. Oh, they're villains. Hero, a heroic character. A female heroic character from the movies. I gotta give an easy one off the top of my head. Okay. 
Gone with the Wind. Oh. Yeah, I don't think she's a hero. I think she's a bitch. She comes out on top, basically, except for losing Rhett. But she survives everything. She beats everyone else down. Yeah, but she doesn't save anybody. No. She doesn't save... She saves herself. So then who's your number five? Niagara Falls. Slowly I turn. Let's go with uh, Scarlett O'Hara. You just said she wasn't heroic. Yeah, but I, I can't. I, my brain is stuck. I can't think of anything. You're useless. I can't think of anything. It's, um, I'm trying to think of like the old Betty Davis movies, and I can't think of none of them are heroes. And, and uh, Joan Crawford is, is is what's her name, Mildred Pierce, a hero. And then by the time I got to an answer, I didn't care anymore. So I, I never got the answer to that one. So. I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Scarlett O'Hara. Okay. My fifth and final choice, The Bride in Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2, Uma Thurman. Okay, Uma Thurman. Have you ever seen those? No. How can you have not seen those movies? They're fucking great. I'm not to the room where they were being played. Oh, my God. And she's fucking great in that movie. She's usually pretty good, Uma Thurman. Oh, I love Uma. She's one of my faves. Love my Uma. Oh, she's good. So those are our five faves. Okay. We now move on to our final segment. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. And what's your gripe this week, Thomas? Uh, um, I hate. You hate what? My gripe. <laughs> you go first this time. Oh, I go first? Yeah. My teeth. My teeth have been bothering me all week. That's my gripe. I have their teeth eventually pulled, and right now they've been bothering me this past week. So uh, that's my my gripe this week, my teeth. That's coming up for me too soon. Getting at that age, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my gripe. What's your gripe? Um, Your teeth. (laughs) So you have to have your own gripe. Okay. um, And don't say your teeth. (laughs) No, I'll stay away from teeth. My gripe. Yes, your gripe. It's just like a general feeling of people suck okay why do you feel that way because people suck yes but has anyone been particularly sucky to you lately no 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 you just think people in general are sucky yeah i'm trying to think of a good i'm trying to think of a good gripe (laughs) trying to think of a good gripe um there's some really gross ones but i don't don't want to do that i just talked about my teeth that's pretty gross i'll talk about when your finger goes through the toilet paper <laughs> so, which is grosser? Is that a constant problem? No, but it happens. <laughs> Don't you double fold? Yeah, like I, else? I take care, okay? <laughs> double fold. Um, sometimes I crumble. Crumble? Yeah. Ah, crumble. Yeah. Oh my god, you're poor hemorrhoids. They're all right. <laughs> um, what are. I don't know. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that Louis needs to be groomed. Well, okay. It's expensive, and he's gross. And what else? Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. That's all you got. We're done. We're done. We don't even need, we the, don't donuts, need the donuts, Steve. We're done. We're done. We're going home. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're actually going home. 
I know. What's right? We don't even need you the donuts. My script is long enough. I'm going to cut this in two. <laughs> We're not going to cut it in two. Yeah. This, how, this one is short. This is very short. Hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very short. Well, there was only one birthday. I didn't do any tangents. He was very non-participatory. I was not non-participatory. <laughs> I just didn't rant. And he didn't piss me off. You see what happens when you don't rant? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I see what happens. Stretch, stretch. You're not even through a half a bottle of wine. I know. Very, very disappointing, right? It was, yeah. It was. Uh, what, what are we gonna do? Uh, well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna end this episode for tonight. Keep going. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else he wants to discuss. He just wants to go home and go to bed. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired. I said that when I walked in. Oh my god! I I wanted to lie down like you said I could, but I was afraid. Um, you probably fall asleep. I if would you did. fall. Yeah, and and then I, I don't trust Abigail. <laughs> you sit on my face. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was uh, blasé. Yeah, you were very blasé. I definitely characterized you the right way tonight. Blasé, yeah, yeah. So this concludes this week's episode. of. Um, we are taking off next week because obviously Tommy needs to recharge his batteries a bit. I really do. It's this <laughs> horrible sort of gross day. and I hate being cold and the weather's awful and I'm just... Blah. I'll say you're blah. 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 Well, we'll be recording again on Wednesday, February 7th for release on Friday, February 9th. Oh, the sweet release. Yes, and don't forget, you can find all our episodes at www.grumpyoldgameandtheirdogs.com. And of course, you can follow our postings on Facebook. Anything else you want to add, Thomas? I think he'll probably make her... Vice President. Huh? Who? What? Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. You think so? Because she's going to end up with, like, splitting his base. So he's going to need her. Well, we already saw the way the vote was the other night that there are at least 42, 43% of the Republicans who did not want to vote for Trump. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. But anyway, on that note, we'll say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, bitches.